Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Oh, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Eric Hurt, and I'm here with Mike Cleveland to do another podcast with you, uh, for you, and uh, celebrating in the cross together. So, Mike, are you ready to do another podcast this morning? Yes, I am. I'm always so encouraged by looking into God's Word with you, and I'm eager to hear what God has for us today. Amen. And so, you know, we're looking at Acts chapter 10, and in, and in doing so, you know, we see uh, the story of Cornelius and a story of Peter. Both had visions, and it's really, we can see the connection uh, is the cross for both of them. And uh, so we just wanted to go through Acts 10. We don't want to just read the whole thing, but, but we just want to celebrate in each, each vision, and one being a religious man and, and one being, uh, you know, uh, chosen by God, but needed more revelation and growth, uh, as we all do. And uh, so, brother, would you like to start us off just by uh, reading the, the vision and the story there uh, of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10? Sure, let's do. And I see here that Cornelius uh, was from Caesarea, verse 1, and he was a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. Uh, he was a religious man, <clears throat> uh, Eric. He uh, prayed, he gave, uh, he was devout, he was God-fearing. He's, he's a religious man. Um, but one day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. Um, religious people that are just uh, going through the motions, doing the forms of religion, need to understand Eric, that there is power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is what Cornelius is about to discover. So he has a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. And Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who's called Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. So God's saying, Cornelius, you're, you're almost there. <laughs> you are not far from the kingdom. But I want you to learn something that you're missing. I want you to understand about what I've done through my son, that salvation is not by what you do and all the things that you give and all your praying. You need to learn something different. Mm. And that's where I see this passage as of right now. 
Amen, brother. And, you know, this, it really is uh, something we can connect our own lives with, too. We were, you know, we had a form of, uh, you know, we were in religion, uh, so to speak, before the cross cut and, and uh, changed our lives and transformed us. And really, uh, we see the grace of God here uh, reaching out in a vision to Cornelius, you know, and this is just wonderful to see, uh, you know, the God's grace and mercy extended to us at the cross. And did you see here also, brother, that uh, he and his, and his family, they were all uh, devout and God-fearing. Uh, the message that he had and, you know, and the, the commitment that he had spread to his entire family. And so when our hearts are cut by the cross, this is what we hope as well, that we go from being religious uh, to being set free with power, as you said, and that this wonderful, loving, transforming power uh, would, you know, just filter out through the rest of the family, just as it did here with uh, Cornelius and his family. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, you see a man <clears throat> here who didn't quite have it. Yeah. Uh, and, and so God was going to show him what he needed. But you see the same exact thing in the next passage with Peter. Mm -hmm. uh, Peter was a believer in the sense that he knew the gospel, and yet he was putting people in categories. Oh, those Gentiles are outside the realm of grace. Mm -hmm. So with both of these people, uh, Eric, I'm seeing that God uh, sends a vision. He, they, they had it, sort of. Um, they were close. But God had to reveal further to both of them, didn't he? Yeah, he sure did. And, and, and like we're talking about, brother, this is exactly what happens in all believers' life. You know, we may start off religious. Uh, we need a, a revelation from the Lord himself. Uh, we need his help. Uh, once we become believers and receive his spirit, we still need the same revelation, don't we? We see it here. Uh, we can have this... Um, you know, this attitude, if you will, like Peter did, uh, that Gentiles were in a certain category and the Israelites had, you know, the truth and so forth. And it's really, we need, this is why we always communicate that we need the cross for both salvation, sanctification, transformation. Uh, and this is what matures uh, the believer. This is what saves the religious. That's exactly right. It is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the cross, always brings further revelation. Mm -hmm. uh, Cornelius needed further revelation that salvation is not by what you do or how religious you are. It's by what God did in giving his son to suffer in your place, to take your sin upon himself and remove it so that you might have forgiveness based upon the cross of Christ. That's mm -hmm. what Cornelius needed. Peter also needed a further revelation of the cross to show that the power of the cross also invites others, those others in that other category, in and makes them part of God's family, just as you and I are. So there really are no other categories. And Peter didn't understand that yet, did he? No, he didn't. And, uh, you know, this is how uh, Peter uh, 
was matured uh, in his thinking, transformed in his life, and how he was growing in maturity in the cross. And, you know, I like to call this vision that Peter had a gospel sheet, <laughs> because as we remember, uh, you know, the sheet, the vision that Peter had came down and, and the voice told him to go uh, kill and eat. And, you know, Peter's saying that, no, nothing impure has ever, ever touched these lips, <laughs> you know, and after three times, uh, you know, the story continues uh, that Peter isn't fully going to understand exactly the meaning of his vision until he has this actual encounter uh, at uh, Cornelius's house. And so we continue on and pick up uh, that story, unless we want to hit something else, brother, along here. Does anything else strike you about Peter uh, before moving on to uh, him and Cornelius meeting up at the house of Cornelius? Well, I, I think just the fact that Peter knows the gospel here is important. Like uh, you've mentioned this before, that um, he was a full-fledged, forgiven sinner, restored by Christ. Remember in Acts, uh, sorry, in um, in John chapter twenty and twenty-one, Peter is restored from his fall. He knows the gospel, but he still has an area here where he does, the gospel hasn't permeated. And so he's categorizing people. And I think that's important to understand. And that's why God uses his, like you call it, the gospel sheet. He put all kinds of unclean animals in that sheet that yeah. Jews should never eat. Remember, under the old covenant, the dietary restrictions for the Jews were such that they could never eat these very animals that God brought down in this sheet. So this is the way God is going to reveal the power of the cross uh, to Peter. But yeah, that's, that's all I thought about as I was listening to you. Yeah, and I love how gentle and merciful God is here. He didn't come with a hammer on Cornelius's family and life. He didn't come with a hammer on Peter's uh, life for his thinking. I mean, it was so gentle and revealing, brother, and so loving the way that God had revealed to both men their need for further power, their need for further understanding. This is the God that, that loves us. This is the God that says, you know, because he is so rich in mercy, he's rich in mercy and deep in love. God so loved the world. Look at this, brother. It's just so loving and tender and gentle. The way God corrects and rebukes and trains at the cross. And, and I hope that our listeners can see that, that the cross is for, uh, you know, for everything. It, it's to change the religious and to mature the believer in Jesus Christ, that he suffered on the cross for you and that he took your sin and shame and put it to death in his own body. Uh, and this is what saves and continues to mature us uh, as we walk in this life as believers. That's a good point, Eric. You mentioned the gentleness of God. I think of verse 16 here, and I don't know if you wanted to get up there already or not, but just in passing, it says, this happened three times. Mm -hmm. um, and so you see the patience, the gentleness of God in, 
in teaching Peter to remove his long-held belief against the Gentiles. Um, he didn't just give it to him one time and say, now what's wrong with you, Peter? I showed you the truth. You should have it by now. That's not what he said. He, three times he let down this sheet with the unclean animals in it. And he did make a very clear statement in verse 15. He says, the voice spoke to Peter and said, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And obviously the reference, which we'll see later in this uh, story, is that Peter was looking at the Gentiles. And, and, you know, they had a term, Eric, it was the Gentile dogs. Mm -hmm. And God's saying, my son died for those people. They're not dogs. Um, and, and Peter had to, to learn that, even though he knew the gospel, it had not permeated to be able to accept people in another group. Yeah. And so the, the power of the cross had to be shown once again to Peter. And so do not call anything impure that God has made clean um, is the message of the cross, isn't it, Eric, where Jesus took our sin upon himself, all of our impurity, Jesus bore in his own body on the cross and gave us his righteousness, covered us, clothing us in his righteousness and purity. And therefore, we are to view all people who are believers as those who have been made pure, those who have been made righteous, who have been given a gift by the Holy Spirit to minister to the body. They, we dare not categorize them based upon their past, their sin, their race, their ethnicity, their any of that. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Hmm. Wow. That was awesome, brother. I really appreciated how you connected the sheet coming down three times with the patience and the mercy and the grace of God to Peter here. You know, and we see that there's still a dividing wall between Jew and Gentile here, you know, and it's a wall of hostility. The, you know, one of the reasons that Jesus went to the cross was to destroy that wall of hostility, uh, that dividing wall between Jew and Gentiles. And in this story, we're going to see, and hopefully our li listeners see it clearly, uh, how it's the cross that destroys this dividing wall. It's the cross that brings all together. And, and we'll see again, brother, how they are both made part of the body of Christ through the death of Christ, through the resurrection power of Christ, through each hammer of the nail into Christ. Both were purchased as part of the body. And it's just a beautiful story here that we can all learn from and grow in together. Amen. I think the, uh, the story is so important in showing the permeating aspect of the cross. And if we, if we have areas where we're acting not in accordance with the gospel, God will give us another truth, another teaching, another vision that helps us to see how far and how powerful the gospel is and knocking down, as you said, all 
dividing walls, all barriers um, were have fallen over at the cross and we're all on level ground at the foot of the cross as we see what God has done for us. And the gratefulness there, it comes in, you know, well, God wants that gratefulness uh, in all nations, in all people, in, in all categories yeah. uh, to find this love and acceptance and forgiveness that we find at the cross. Amen. And so, brother, I'll pick it up here at uh, Acts chapter 10, uh, verse 30. Uh, and Cornelius answered, he's talking to Peter, three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour, at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. To come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. And this is where the story takes its radical turn, if we can call it that, right, brother? Where we're getting ready to hear this powerful message of the cross. Yes, it's almost like it's building and building and we've got the background. We've, we've seen now that God has given both people a vision and he, he wants to do a new thing here, Eric, and it's about to come. You can, it's almost like an orchestra that works up to the crescendo. Here we are. We're in the presence of God. We're listening to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. In other words, they're like leaning in. They're putting their hand to their ear. They don't want to miss a word. And here it comes, right? Yeah, it sure does. And, uh, you know, to stop short, we would miss it. Uh, you know, to not read the entire context of Acts chapter 10, we might miss it. Uh, and we might say, oh, well, I need to pray more. I need to give more. Uh, you know, I need to be, I need to do more, uh, which would, uh, you know, keep us in a religious state focusing on ourselves. Uh, but the vision brought it together, like you said, this crescendo. And in verse 34, we see that uh, Peter uh, began to speak. Uh, then Peter began to speak in verse 34. Brother, would you like to pick it up there? Sure. He says, I now realize. Oh, he's learned something, hasn't he? Yes. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. That's important, Eric. God does not pe put people in categories. He doesn't uh, say, well, these were good sinners and those not so good sinners. God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. But you're missing something, Cornelius, and here's what it is. You know, the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who's Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. And Eric, if we stopped right here, we could be good Muslims. Hmm. We could be good Hindus or Buddhists 
all believe in Jesus, all believe he did good, all believe that he was a good teacher and a good man, and that he even healed people, and that he had authority because God was with him. Hmm. But that's not our message. That's not the end of it. What else does he say? <laughs> that's so wonderful, brother. I'm so glad you brought that up because uh, you, you know, one thing that you have taught us and continually teach us is to finish our sentences. And so here we're going to finish the sentence, so to speak, or finish the paragraph or finish the chapter. And in verse 39, we pick it up and he says, we are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God already chosen by uh, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. <laughs> Now we can rejoice, brother. We can rejoice in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he was that uh, the Jews killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God rose him from the dead on the third day. Uh, this is what cuts us. This is what pierces us. Uh, when we see this and when we hear this message, brother, as we're getting ready to see as we continue on, this is the message that needs to be heard. It cannot be separated from the verses you wrote, uh, read prior, because as you stated, any other good man or good religious person would say, amen. <laughs> but are they going to be transformed by the message of love uh, that Jesus was hung on the tree for all to see in public humiliation and with all of our sin uh, in his body, pierced, stricken, smitten, um, you know, his side pierced uh, where blood and water flowed and a crown of thorns pressed on his head, all due to taking our punishment, um, you know, being exposed in the elements, taking our shame and our guilt and putting it to death in his body, you know, and so just a marvelous, powerful message, isn't it, brother? What you just said, it just sucks all the air out of me and at the same time wants me, enables me to praise God because, Eric, the, way, the reason that the message you just spoke cuts our hearts is because of verse 43, mm -hmm. that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name, but what had to happen for me to be forgiven? Mm. Jesus had to go through all that you just described. Mm. And he did it willingly out of love in his heart with the joy set before him of seeing me reconciled to God, of seeing me rescued from my sin, of seeing me live a life of forgiveness and love. He had to be punished by God in my place. And if you're listening to this today, allow this to cut you. 
to realize that God loved you so dearly, but that in order to be a righteous God, as it said, he's appointed as a judge, he had to punish sin. Your sin, he couldn't just sweep it under the rug. It had to be dealt with. It had to be punished. And if you look at Jesus hanging on the cross, that's what our sin should have done to us. And yet Jesus went there instead of us. And what do you get since he got your sin? You get forgiveness. That means that your sins aren't counted against you anymore. That you can, can interact with God freely now because he's removed the barrier between you and him. He's forgiven you. You don't owe a debt. You, you don't have nothing to pay. It is finished. You are forgiven. You're justified. You're reconciled to God. You're right with him, not based on your praying and your, forgive, your giving and, and your being a man of whatever, based on forgiveness. <laughs> that Jesus died with your sin on him and you're forgiven. That's what cuts our hearts, Eric. Wow. That was beautiful, brother. And I love how when you were speaking, I just wanted you to keep going because it's a message that I need to hear today. It's a message that never gets old because I see the depth of love that Christ went to <clears throat> to clothe me in his righteousness, you know, to make me holy without spot and blemish. I can't hardly believe it, brother, that all this forgiveness, that all the things that I've done have been nailed to the cross and forgiven and forgotten. In the new covenant, God says that he remembers our sins no more because they've all been taken from us and placed on the sun. And it's just a beautiful message to hear again daily. We need the cross daily. We need to hear it again. We need to see the price that Jesus paid for us and the extent at which he went to love us, to rescue us, and to free us, and to set captives free. It's just amazing to consider as we look at these stories in any story in the Bible, any story in the Old Testament that the prophets had spoken about, you know, that the prophets have testified about. That's why we see this message from Genesis to Revelation. And this is the message, this is the reason we need to take this message uh, to the church and to the rest of the world. You know, you can't baptize one, right? You baptize after you speak this message, as we'll see here in just a second. You know, this message brought power to Cornelius' life and brought power also to Peter and all those who were gathered together. And so we see in uh, verse 44, brother, you, would you like to read on from there? Yes, and I think it's so important, as you, as you said, to connect the message that was just given with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Those two are inseparable, and we see it again here in verse 44. While, while Peter was still speaking these words, these words about the crucified Christ, who died to forgive us. While he was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The, he, the Holy Spirit comes on those who hear the message, Eric. Yeah. The message of Jesus suffering and dying in your place. If you hear with eagerness 
and with a willing heart, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And, and because the Holy Spirit, you can see, is connected to the message speaking these words. And this is what the church is in desperate need of today, Eric, is to hear the message and experience the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit and the message of the cross are interwoven. They're united. And as when the rock was struck, the water came out. Jesus, our rock, was struck on the cross. He poured out his life, and the Holy Spirit flowed to all who believed the message of the crucified Christ and the risen Christ. And so it's just important, I think, Eric, to, to, to know that the church has a message. We are to speak these words. And as we do that, the Holy Spirit comes with power and enables our faith and, and kicks us out of sin and all the things that the Holy Spirit does working miracles among us because of what? This message. Amen. That's absolutely correct, brother. I love the way you put it. It must be connected. And I love how when Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit came on them as faith, you know, as all who heard the message. All who hear the message. Faith comes by hearing the message. The Spirit is given through the message. And after we hear it and we receive it, we receive the gift, the deposit of the Holy Spirit and then the transforming work of the Spirit in us. You know, you often say, and I love it, the cross is what Jesus did for us, and the Spirit continues the work in us for the rest of our lives. It's not over when we receive the Spirit. It's just beginning. We're just beginning our new lives of freedom. We're just beginning to experience the depth of God's love and mercy and grace. And you're right. We have one message one spirit, one Lord, one baptism. That's it. We have one, one to give, brother. And God forbid that we should uh, turn from this powerful message, as we've seen so clear in this story, that everything is connected. Everything that was building up, all the visions that were given, the revelations received, and all that was learned here, is a result of the cross. It is all connected to the cross. And, you know, and so we pick it up in verse 45, says the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished. See, they're learning something. They're learning. They were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. <laughs> right? They were learning that the message of the cross is for all who hear and believe it. They learn that this very day. And both the, uh, you know, the Gentiles became part of the same body that they participate in. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. That's the only thing we see uh, that Cornelius' family says as we close uh, this Acts 10 story, is they heard them speaking in tongues 
and praising God. This is the gift of the Holy Spirit received. It transforms your life where you are lifting up your voice and praising the Lord. Uh, it's just amazing, uh, this powerful cross, brother, that we just so love to preach. And it, the final verse says, he ordered they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. This tells us several things. First of all, that when we put faith in the crucified Christ, we want to show that we've been crucified and buried as well and risen from the dead. We're united with Jesus in his death and in his resurrection. And we now want to fellowship. We want to fellowship. They asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. We want to gather around this cross. Peter, tell me more. What do you mean Jesus was put to death for, that I could be forgiven? And you said the prophets spoke about that. Where? Oh, well, let me show you. Look back here in Genesis chapter 1 and, and so on. And I want a fellowship now. I want to hear more. Please stay with me and help me understand. And let's, let's fellowship together, Eric. And I, I think we need to do another podcast on this passage. And the reason I say this is I just thought of, number one, an illustration, and number two, an application that I think would bring this whole passage together. Well, that would be wonderful to do a, uh, another podcast because uh, that would just mean that we would be like uh, Peter and Cornelius where we're going to just hang out some more and, and uh, share together and uh, you know, uh, lift up the cross together and uh, celebrate in worship of God together. But brother, as we bring this uh, to a close, you know, would you mind uh, praying us out and then just encouraging uh, somebody one more time uh, with this powerful message? Maybe, maybe they're, uh, you know, just aren't quite there yet. Uh, would you speak into the life, brother, and then close us in prayer? And I'm really looking forward to doing uh, part two of Acts chapter 10. Sure. Father in heaven, we come to you and acknowledging just now that we've heard the message of power. We've heard the message that's accompanied by the Holy Spirit. We've heard the message of forgiveness through the death of Jesus. And I pray for those listening right now. Maybe they have categorized other people and they need to, to spend some time at the foot of the cross looking up to see that, that we're not to call people impure whom God has made pure through the death of his son. And I pray right now that you would help the power of the cross to spread through their hearts, their lives, through their families, through those they work with all throughout their lives. Oh, Lord, may they understand, maybe afresh, that we have one message to give. We have the message that Jesus loved us and gave himself for us to suffer in our place as our substitute, taking on the penalty of our sins, taking on the wrath of God, suffering under the fiery judgment of a holy and righteous God, all because of love, a desire to obey his Father, a desire to gather us in, to call us to himself and make us one with all people who believe this same message. God, I pray for one listening that they might see the cross of Christ afresh today. 
and that they might with fresh eyes and a full heart want to go out and get this message and watch the Holy Spirit work through the message as he did here. And I ask this in Jesus' name. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.